0: Well, we think the Nashville Predators are going to be a lot better hockey team next season. Or do we? Today, we are looking at three reasons we think the Nashville Predators are going to be much better next year. Maybe even possibly a contender. And we are going to look at three reasons why next season can go horribly, horribly wrong for the Nashville Predators. There's a lot of what-ifs. Let's get to them today on the Locked on Predators podcast.
1: locked on predators your daily podcast on the nashville predators part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: thank you for making locked on predators your first listen to the day every single day i'm nick morgan i'm a writer and editor at OnTheForecheck.com, 4 checkcom and i have a partner in crime
1: you do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com.
0: All right. So we still got some uh, some time left. We've talked about the predators off season a bunch mm-hmm. this season. Uh, we're coming up on literally almost less than a month before Come actually, on. I think officially less than a month until NHL training camp start. Yes. It's time to start looking ahead. And uh, there's a lot of reasons for optimism. A lot of reasons that Preds fans think we should be better next season. Most of them I agree with. At the same time, there's still a little shred of doubt. And there's still a few reasons why I think and you think the Predators, uh, things might go haywire a bit next season.
1: So yeah, Yeah, I always think of those people as total party poopers. But when we sat down to prep for this episode, I was like, Dang it, they might be
0: right about a couple things. <laughs> yeah, plus we need content. So, you know, party poopers. Fact. Yeah. So what we decided to do is we're going to do three reasons why we think the Nashville Predators are going to be a good hockey team next season. Um, and we're looking to look at three reasons why we think things can go off the rails for the Nashville Predators next season. Maybe a few things that are holding them back. Maybe a few reasons why they're going to dive out of the first round and or miss the playoffs completely next year. Um, so yeah, you know, let's um let's kind of do this from an alternating perspective because we like being optimists here, Anne, and Always. and we don't want to pile on right at the end of the show. Um, so let's get us started uh with a good note. We'll follow it up with a bad note and then we'll kind of alternate. As that sounds on. good
1: balanced coverage
0: people yeah right. so reason number one and mm-hmm. why the Nashville predators will be a good hockey team next year one thing that may help them make a run in the playoffs finally again
1: finally again so one of my reasons why the nashville predators are going to be better next season and you know again Contender potential is because that second line has got to be better. So the Predators brought in Nino Niederreiter, two-year, $8 million contract, worth every penny, my friends, and he hasn't even played a minute. Um, (laughs) You know, he had 75, he played 75 games, 24 goals, 20 assists, 44 points last season, shows up in the playoffs, which is, you know, extra nice. Um, and I really feel like this second line with Nita Ryder, there is a chance to really put something together. I'm thinking probably with Johansson, but even if it's Granland, you put Nino and Johansson together, and literally I could be on the other side. <laughs> and this second line would be better. Uh, it just, it struggled so much last season. You had a center and and two wingers who, Neither one of them could get out of their own way. So the second line is going to be better. It's going to be so much better, my friends.
0: I agree. And for me, the big thing about Niederreiter coming in, and we've talked about this before, you know, the stat lines are great. Like when you look mm-hmm. at the stats, they're impressive. That's like, that's perfect for what you need production-wise from a depth guy. Um, there's a fly flying around my face right now. So I apologize for that. Um to, to me, it's the style of play compared mm-hmm. to Ryan Johansson's. And that's that's who we kind of assume is going to be, like the, the guy on the number two line. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at what Johansson does. He's, he's got the the lanky arms the active stick. He kind of likes pressuring people. Um, I think very underrated in terms of like a, you know, meat and potatoes kind of style of hockey. Nito Niederreier is kind of a chase card. Like he's very good. Um, you know, responsible hockey player, but he also likes to pressure. He's very, very good on the four check. That's one of the you know best parts of his game. And those two together, that is what's, you know, making me a little bit giddy about this pairing next year is those two together. I think in terms of style, you know, yes. you, you can have a situation where it was like, you know, Nick Bonino and Craig Smith, where, For some reason, those two together just absolutely gel. And I think Mm. you have another very dynamic second line. The big question to me, Anne, is who's going to be the other person on that wing? That may be the biggest mystery heading into camp.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that is going to be fascinating to watch unfold. But here's what's great. You know, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, could it, could they give Ellie Tolvanen another chance with some second line minutes? Or has Philip Tomasino done enough to earn himself the opportunity to play on the second line? We've waited for Phil Kessel. Feels like, you know, maybe it's time. Dream deferred. But no matter who you put on that second line, they're being put in such a great opportunity, and it's and it's just what you said. I think you're bringing in Nino you know, Niederreiter, and it is putting a square peg in a square hole. He's not going to have to change or adjust his style of play or his game very much. It's going to gel really well with Ryan Johansson. And if you put anybody who reads the ice even remotely similar or as fast as Johansson does – you are automatically going to make that player better, whoever it is. I would love to see Phil Thomasino. I don't know, kind of who you yeah. think you'd
0: like to see. No, I, I agree with that, Thomasino. You know, I, I think it's you watched him play, especially at the last year. It's funny because it's I say funny, uh, but I mean it's <laughs> huh, oh, huh. this sucks, kind of funny, right? Uh, he was a healthy scratch, you know, during the playoffs last year at a time where I thought he was one of the Predator's most effective forwards. Yes. You know, and maybe, maybe that's a little X factor about what's what's John Hines going to demand in terms of role, because you know, we saw he played Luke Cunning every single game last year. Every
1: game, friends. Um, every game.
0: You know, but to me, Tomasino is is ready, especially if he spent the offseason um, maybe downing a little bit more ice cream and, and greasy cheeseburgers to try to bulk up a little bit to add some weight. Um, you know, and I think you saw that at the end of last game, he was, you know, getting better – you know, defensively mm-hmm. and in the neutral zone a little bit more responsible, which is, of course, something every young player kind of needs to, to learn. Play. And so I, I think he is a perfect fit for that second line. Yeah. And I think the three of them together, you know, I think they really fit what the Predators want out of, you know, their their depth lines. Yeah,
1: it's definitely an ideal situation for Tomasino to step into. We'll see who does. But I, I agree. I think it's an ideal situation for where he's at.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's, let's, uh, let's bring the mood down a little bit. Let's give one reason why the Nashville Predators are not going to be a good team next year. And it kind of hinges in on a word I just said not too long ago. And that's depth. But I love the Nashville Predators. I mm-hmm. love this team and I love what they have done to make themselves good as a unit. Mm-hmm. But if something goes wrong, if somebody gets hurt somebody significant gets hurt there just isn't a lot of firepower behind them like be beyond the scoring line of, of duchene and forsberg and grandland if one of them go down that's like the bulk of your scoring right yeah. uh if roman yossi gets hurt other oh than my you, gosh. maybe Alexander Carrier, but there really is nobody else on that team that is going to be able to do what Roman Yossi did. And what Roman Yossi did is a big reason why the Predators squeaked in mm-hmm. the playoffs. Imagine if they didn't have him. Right. And, uh, unfortunately, in, in the goaltending situation, it's the same story with Kevin Lankanen. uh The season, last year's season ended, I and mean, it was going kind of downhill fast anyway, but last year's season ended when UC Soros got hurt. Like mm-hmm. that was when the it Predators, did. that was when you had to shut down the predator season. Yeah. Um, and I don't think Kevin Lankinen is going to give Preds fans much confidence if UC Saros gets hurt again or has to miss a couple of games. Those are some big stretches where there's going to be some question marks and goal. Now I don't want to, you know, rule out kevin lincoln and just yeah but you know especially because he was playing on chicago last year but yes his numbers weren't great like even like you know even keeping in mind he probably faced like 40 45 shots a game there he still wasn't like fantastic in the in those 45 shots you know it was below 900 save percentage yeah so you know it, it's not like he was you know it's, it's not like one of those things where it's like all things considered, he was pretty good. I mean, no, like his, he was like a subpar goaltender next year. To me, that's that's kind of the big thing is, you know, if you if see Soros, he's playing a lot of games. If he starts to break down, is there going to be somebody else that can kind of step up right. and shoulder that burden? Like what didn't happen in the playoffs last year? And I don't see it happening this year.
1: Yeah, this is a huge worry for Nashville Predators fans. And and especially you're talking about UC Soros, you're talking about Roman Yossi. I'm not really I will say this about Lankin and not great. You know, not great with the Blackhawks. I went back though and watched him in the worlds. And you know, he's he's got, I'm not ready to totally write it off yet. Um, I'm still Team Ingram, sports competitive athletics, because that's just where my heart is. But you see Soros going down. I mean, he is the backbone of this team in so many ways. And you look at Roman Yossi going down, and there is nobody on this team. And quite frankly, there is nobody in the NHL that is going to step in and do for a team what Roman Yossi does for the Nashville Predators. So. This is a huge concern. And they also, when you're looking at depth and you're looking at like fourth line players, I'm not sure the Predators went out and, and really shored up that as well as they needed to. And I always go back to the Stanley Cup run and that team and it literally was a you know we had people dropping like flies but there was always somebody to step in who was able to kind of elevate their game to where it needed to be in the playoffs and in the finals and you look at the roster that Nashville has now and I don't see those type of players there and it's very concerning
0: well you know systems and you did it sort Mm -hmm. of last year when you know COVID happened and remember the Mm -hmm. like an entire like you know five games with them as their top two centers and they play like 25 a game and they didn't they did pretty admirably Mm -hmm. um you know but there's a difference between doing it two games and being able to go throughout an entire season and being like okay we need you to forget what you were doing we need you to play a different role and be a top line guy can they do that for you know 10, four to six weeks and 15 20 games however long that might be big question mark we haven't seen them really do that on that sort of level yet so that is yeah. going to be a big concern i think for Preds fans mm-hmm. now uh let's get to some more stuff shall we let's give another reason why the preds will be awesome next year and uh why they will not be before we do that though Let's mention today's show brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, even golf. BetOnline also continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts they have you covered. They also just put out a bunch of futures uh, for the NHL season, some good stuff about who's going to win in the division. Um, so be sure you're checking them out if you want to put some money down on this season. So head to Bet Online today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening right now as the season gets ready to start bet online where the game starts all right and another reason why we think the predators are going to be a good hockey team next season
1: yes next season so i really feel like one of the reasons this team is going to improve is that they have made improvements on defense yep can i get an amen they have made and and defense was not hallelujah defense was not one of the areas going into last season that was a huge red flag to me i was kind of like we'll see how this plays out but by the end of the season it was obvious that the defense needed to be addressed in the offseason and i love the move that david poyle made bringing in uh ryan mcdonough i love this move um May not be, you know, kind of the big fish defenseman signing that everybody would like to be, Um, but this is somebody who I, I love. Um, His experience. This is somebody who has been there. This is somebody who has won it. This is somebody who knows what it takes to to be a Stanley Cup champion. Um, I will also say from a statistic standpoint, I am not a believer in the plus minus fallacy. But if you look back at his stats, he has never had a minus year. So, you (laughs) know, even though it's not real, it will make you feel better when you look at that stat column. So you know, I really feel like bringing in Ryan McDonough has has been good. I also feel like, and I say this with love, letting some people go defensively also has been good. Said that with was, love.
0: That was, a, that was a nice way of saying, yeah. What Said with love. Were thinking. Just just because you say with love doesn't mean it's with love. I feel like that's like the, what was it, Talladega Nights, where it's like, you know, Ricky Bobby started like everything with like, with all due respect, and his long like, just because you say all due respect doesn't mean it's said it with respect.
1: Yeah, I've never seen that movie, so I don't. I don't know. I know. Don't quit. Don't quit. <laughs> Come back. I'll watch it today. I know a lot of quotes from it.
0: Okay. I, I feel like that's going to need to change.
1: All right. I'll work on. There are things that I will work on to make myself better. I will take care of this.
0: Okay. Sorry. Um What what were we talking about? We're
1: talking about Nashville defense.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like you kind of hit the nail on the head. This one, I think the Ryan McDonough thing certainly plugs a hole. Um, You know, I know there there's concern about that contract moving forward and yeah, there, there might be a concern with that contract moving forward, but you know, Ryan McDonough is still, you know, at an age where he can still be effective. He had a very good year last year with Tampa Bay. Um, you know, not a best Stanley cup finals, but Hey, Roman Yossi didn't have his best Stanley Mm -hmm. cup playoffs against the Colorado avalanche. So I feel like you kind of got to throw that out the window, Mm
1: -hmm. but I feel like
0: if you look at the scope of an 82 game season and some of the teams, the Predators are going to be playing McDonough certainly helps. Like he's certainly, And not only does he strengthen the top four, but there's going to be a pretty good defenseman, as your fifth defenseman anchoring the bottom line. So you're not really having to hodgepodge a bottom line together. I mean, you look at who they, who their top five defensemen are. Yossi, Echolm, mm-hmm. Fabro, Carrier, McDonough. One of those guys is going to be on the bottom pair and is going to elevate that bottom pair. Yes. And then whoever the the bottom pair partner is, whether it's Jeremy Lazan, whether it's Mark Borvietsky whether you have somebody wind up coming from Milwaukee towards the end of the year, like mm-hmm. Mark guys, ready to take that next step. That is going to be a big thing. Like this is by far on paper, the best bottom line the Preds have had since Seth Jones was on their bottom pair, like in terms of just effectiveness and talent. And I, th- I think that's big because, you know, you saw Yossi, you saw at play like 20, you know, 25, 24, 23 minutes a game uh, last year, especially in the stretch run. You saw Alex Carrier, you know, play like 20, 21 minutes a game in the stretch run. But there wasn't a lot of reliance on, you know, some of the other depth guys on the roster. And bringing in Ryan McDonough, an experienced defenseman who is still very, very effective in a role that I don't think the Predators really have, that traditional kind Mm -hmm. of stay back shut it down roll be the anchor for the other guy um to kind of go out and do his thing um you know that that's that's a role the predators don't really have there's still a fly going around um that's the role the predators haven't really had you know in 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 quite a long time yeah so there's another dimension to that and yeah Like if UC Saros is having to stop 30 shots instead of 40 shots. Yes. That's going to be a difference.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think having a defense that has that kind of talent and depth all the way down to the third line, because that really was very obviously where the weak link was defensively last season. And I think having the talent that's going to stretch all the way down the defensive pairings, it's going to make a huge difference for somebody like UC Sarles. I also think this has great potential for Roman Yossi, who already just skates with great potential. So I think this opens up a lot of things, having uh, McDonough come in. And again, it gives you more depth at defense down the stretch, you know, in case there are injuries I love this move by David Poyle. And that's not a sentence that we often say here at Locked on Predators. (laughs) But before we get overconfident, Nick, we need to balance this out. So give me a reason why the Predators are going to be worse next season.
0: Well, it was a reason they weren't very good last season. (laughs) Discipline.
1: Oh, come on
0: discipline is still the biggest thing and look I know like you're going to have an off season to really buckle down and refocus but the reality is and John Hines said it himself the way the Predators play the style he wants them to play penalties are going to happen and again remember that's what he said when asked about the penalties last year he's like look when you uh, when you you know, play the way you're gonna do, mm-hmm. when you're like gonna be aggressive, you're gonna take penalties, that doesn't exactly bring confidence that things are going to be fixed <laughs> next year. Um, and, and look, you know, I think it's also a concern that it was an ongoing theme. Mm-hmm. that didn't get addressed even into the playoffs where you're like you absolutely cannot under any circumstances give Colorado a lot of time on the man advantage and I don't know right. if you I don't know if you watch the uh, the playoff series between Nashville and Colorado but it was um, so
1: brief I hardly it, caught it
0: yeah it was it was I think the pilot episode aired and then it was just not picked up for. for- <laughs> um, yeah, uh, spoiler alert, the Predators gave Colorado some good time on the man advantage and uh, Colorado absolutely ran the floor with the Predators' penalty killing unit. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. do you have confidence that's going to be fixed given that John Hines kind of seemed yeah. not super urgent about it? Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I don't want to say like, oh, it's definitely not going to be fixed. You've had a whole summer to fix it. But the, the right now, it's more like the Predators have to prove that they can control their discipline as opposed to the other way around. It'd be like, oh, the Predators are going to be good if they control this discipline. The, it's, going, it's going to be like the thing you have to prove. Like you have to prove yes. that you're going to be a disciplined hockey team. And then we'll say, OK, we, we think this team has something here.
1: I agree. And John Hines has been here with the Predators for enough seasons. uh, And I get, you know, COVID was a whole thing, but he's been here with enough seasons. This team has committed to this style of hockey play for enough seasons. This team has um, worked on, you know, hard to play against, physical, forechecking. This is so obviously where this team is going to operate That they're now at a place where they have to clean this up. They absolutely have to clean it up. There is no way that they are going to improve as a team if they do not clean up their penalties. And it was atrocious. It was atrocious last year. And I, like, I am a person who walks through life with grace and abundance, but oh my gosh, like, unreal so i agree with you like if this is not fixed like you cannot be sort of like laissez-faire about this like this has to be fixed that is the next step in this team improving and being competitive and if you don't do that you are not going to improve or be competitive period
0: um, yeah. that that's going to be the big question mark. I feel like for the Predators this season, maybe one of their biggest X factors as to yes. what their future holds. All right, Ann, yeah. we have another good reason, and we have another bad reason. Coming yeah, up.
1: I feel yeah. like. Yeah, I feel like we need to add on a high note. So I think we should tackle a. a, a- A negative next. But before we do that, I do want to say if you are still hungry after this fantastic episode of Locked on Predators for more hockey talk, you should look for Locked on NHL. Locked on NHL experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL across the league all year long. You can stay up to date on everything in the hockey world, every team, every player, every off-season move. Locked on NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. All right, Nick, we're not going to end on a sour note because we are just not those people. We are the good people. So let's talk about one more reason, get it out of the way, one more reason why the Predators are not going to do well. And I'm going to just say this with love, as all the negatives are said with love, the Predators still have kind of a one-dimensional offensive attack. Um, And what I mean by that is that this is a team that obviously has talent. Forsberg, Duchesne, Johansson, you brought in Niederreiter, you have young Tomasino. Can we all holler out for Tanner Janelle? Like this is a team that has offensive talent, but what they don't really have is speed. And, you know, you look at the last couple of Stanley Cup winning teams, you look at the last, you know, handful of teams that have made it to the Stanley Cup finals, and they have more than just a one-dimensional, physical, rough them up win-the-board battle sort of offense. And I feel like it's one of those things that the Predators didn't necessarily address in the offseason. And honestly, it's one of those things that I feel like, do they see it? Like, it's a little yeah. concerned. Like, do y'all know that... You might need that. So for me, I'm concerned that they, you know, they just haven't added that kind of speed to the game that it feels like most of the NHL teams that are competitive have.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you saw it not even in the Colorado series. I mean, definitely in the Colorado series for sure. But, you know, you saw it when they played Tampa and the Tampa would just you know kind of run the floor with them in terms of you know speed and style of play. Uh you saw it a little bit with like the Calgary Flames even though they oh. did have a pretty good game against the Flames. Mm-hmm. You saw against these teams that are like these faster, you know, kind of more intense teams um and the Predators absolutely could not keep up with them. And yes. so that is a concern and it's a very interesting point that you bring up about the Preds really not having that speed. You know, if the teams can figure out how to break, you know, that strong forecheck, how to survive the physicality. Look, The the whole point of having a strong forecheck and, you know, pressure and everything, because everybody's like, oh, yeah, we're going to be the team that hits all the time. And, you know, we're going to fight. And that's what a physical team is. And that's what the identity. No, from a hockey standpoint, you want a strong forecheck. You want to hit to make the team, make your opponents kind of rush into decisions. All of that is so they make a mistake. If you're playing a team like we saw with Colorado last year, like Tampa, even like St. Louis, let's give St. Louis how good they played last year. You know, if you're fast, if you can make high hockey IQ decisions in a split second, like they can, you're going to break everything Mm -hmm. like that. You're going to break the aggressive forecheck. You're going to be able to take a hit um, and, you know, like still make a good play. You're going to be able to plan around from the hit. Like we saw that. Like a, like a player would come down the wing. Somebody like Borvieski would step up to make the hit. A player would anticipate that, take the hit, but make the pass and then spring the other guy in a two-on-one. Like yes. that is that is something good teams know how to do. And and you're right, like there is concern that the Predators have personnel to kind of give the like the team a different sort of note. And maybe, you know, like with the speed of somebody like Phil Tomasino, maybe that's kind of your trump card. Maybe Cody mm-hmm. Glass stepping up, that's a different thing. Um, and then you know, obviously. One of the reasons the herd line was so effective is because they do, you know, Tanner, you does have that speed. So, you know, if you can find a way to kind of incorporate that you're good. But as, as you said, like right now on paper, that's still a big question mark.
1: Yes. Well, and, you know, the Predators always talk about we want to be hard to play against. We want to be hard to play against. And so much of that vibe in Nashville is physicality. But there is more to being hard to play against than physicality. And I think you saw it in in um, game one against Colorado because the Predators were out like they couldn't get there to make the checks, to make the turnover like they just were like, um, the Colorado had more speed. The Predators and and if they're being outskated, they can't execute that style of play alone. You have to have both, and that is a concern for me. Like, do you all have? I like what you said about Phil Tomasino because I do feel like he has potential to be that. And it's not to say the Predators don't have skilled players in Forsberg and in Duchesne and in Johansson and of course Mikhail Granlund, but you almost have to have a component of speed. I just haven't seen the Predators add that to the roster. So they're going to have to address that or we're going to be right where we were. Hey, first round exit. Good yeah. to see you again. Or... But we are optimists. We are optimists, Nick. We dig deep and we find the rainbow and the unicorn. So tell me, what is the third reason that you think that the Predators are going to be so much better next
0: year? Our third reason is one guy. Roman Yossi. Come on. Roman Yossi to me is a defenseman unlike another active defenseman in the NHL, just on terms of what he does in play. Now there's some like good offensive defensemen out there. We saw what Kel McCarr did last year. We saw what Mm -hmm. Victor Hedman did last year, but Roman Yossi to me is the most integral part or is the most integral and trying to think of the best way to say this. Basically there, there's no team in the NHL that is built around a defenseman like Roman Yossi as well as the Nashville Predators are. He drives everything when he is on the ice, you can expect some solid scoring chances for whoever's on the ice. It doesn't matter if it's Philip Forsberg. It doesn't matter if it's Matt Duchesne. It doesn't matter if it's Zach Sanford or Michael McCarron. Like there is, if Roman mm-hmm. Yossi is out there on the ice with you, chances are you're going to get some really good looks at the net. And if, if he is even a fraction as good as he was last season, then the yes. Predators are still in it because they do not, they have one of the best dynamic defensive playmakers we've ever seen, like ever seen Yes, you know, in the last 30 years. So that's, that is the secret weapon for the predators. That is the X factor. That is what is going to make them be a good team. And Lin, I think part of the reason we think the Preds are going to improve is that he has better support now. You know, yes. a lot better when you're driving play and you have somebody like Nino Nita Rider out there than you know, maybe somebody who's, you know, tops out at 20 points a year. That's going to be a big thing for the Nashville Predators. Roman Yossi has new toys to play with. And if he's used in that same role he is in last year, then I think you're going to see pretty close to a repeat season. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you look at what he did last season. He broke so many long-standing NHL records or was chasing long-standing NHL records. There really isn't an end. You know, I know that there are some players that you mentioned that people would argue, but there really is not another defenseman quite like Roman Yossi when it comes to all of this team's success funnels through one player. And yes, the Predators have UC Saros. Yes, the Predators have Forsberg and Duchesne and Granlin, and they had incredible seasons. But the player that you have to have in Nashville to make this team a contender is Roman Yossi. Absolutely. And with Roman Yossi, almost all things are possible. I mean, that's he's just that good defensively and offensively. He is that key to this team's success. As long as Roman Yossi is on the ice, anything could happen with the Nashville Predators.
0: Yeah, including maybe a first-round playoff victory. What? Wouldn't, What? wouldn't, Wouldn't that be a fun thing? It would be.
1: Yeah, we should do that.
0: We really should. Yeah, let's let's win a playoff series, shall we? (laughs) That would be that would be ideal. All right. Well, I feel like we've gotten some uh, good things to give people some optimism. And I feel like we have some good things to scare people away from maybe believing in the Nashville Predators next season.
1: That's what we're here for, people.
0: (laughs) A good balance.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: (laughs) All right. And uh, where can the fine people find your work online?
1: You can find my work at ontheforecheck.com. You can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore mama on
0: ice. I'm Nick Morgan. You can find me at ontheforcheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. Uh, if while you're there, be sure to follow the podcast at L O underscore predators. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe, and leave a comment. Let us know what you think uh, will be the biggest reason the Preds either thrive or flounder next season. That's going to do it for us today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back Friday with a brand new episode. We'll see you then.